Senator Malcolm Roberts, and welcome to Our Nation Today. For this podcast, we're heading west to Charleville, where people know a lot about droughts and flooding rains. Back in 1902, in the midst of a crippling drought, desperation and ingenuity came up with the idea of a vortex gun that would shoot at the clouds to bring about rain, unfortunately without success. But Charleville has had many great ideas, and that's because it's seen many floods since, and in 1990, over 1,000 homes were flooded and most of the town evacuated. Charleville is situated on the Warrego River and positioned on a natural stock route between New South Wales and Queensland. It became an important stopover in the day of Cobb & Co coaches and was eventually settled by pastoralists in the 1860s. Today, Charleville is a vibrant regional town with a population of around 3,500 people and boasts bilbies, black skies and the longest bar when it was constructed in the Southern Hemisphere and that's at the Coronis Hotel, which is a real masterpiece. It's also the home of Dan MacDonald and Rick Gurnett, who have been strong in fighting for restoring farmers' property rights, and their voices echoed right throughout Queensland. Charleville is a must-visit in outback Queensland, and to tell us more about all Charleville has to offer, let's welcome the Murway Shire Mayor, Sean Radnich, or as he's locally known, Zorro in Charleville. G'day, Sean. G'day, Malcolm. How are you? Very well, mate. It's great to catch up again. It is good. It's um, always good to um, catch up, like you say, Malcolm, but um, I appreciate your time, and um, as always, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, last time we caught up was in Richmond to do with water and uh, northwest, wasn't it Western Mayors? It was the Western Queensland Alliance of Councils, yes. That's um, right. It's a, it was a great initiative, and it was good to see you there. And um, the 22 shires um, get together once a year, and um, that's actually going to be in Charleville next year, so... Uh, it's, um, it's been really good for advocacy for us, and um, it's all the 22 shires in the regional Queensland, so it just gives us a bit of clout. Yes, and, and you're already starting to pick up a lot of uh, clout around, around the traps, mate, because you're making a, making a name for Charleville and Murway in, in what you're dealing with uh, local, government, local government all over the state. So on my first trip, I remember it. My first trip as a senator, I met you in your butcher shop, and I learned plenty just by listening. Still, still doing the butchery? Yes, Malcolm. Um, this is probably a, it's not a full time um, job, I suppose you could say, but um, it does chew up a fair bit of time. I probably put about forty hours a week in, but I still um, frequent the butcher shop um, early in the mornings and late in the afternoons. And um, yeah, it keeps me um, what would I say in touch with my community. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. And and I can remember being there for the one hundred and fiftieth celebration in Charleville. Actually, it was the one hundred and fifty third, wasn't it? Someone lost count somewhere along the way, but. That was. I can still remember standing in the on the uh, veranda at the Coronis Hotel, looking out over the street, and just the, just the noise. Um, you know, the kids were running around free. I mean, there were hundreds of people in the main main street, thousands probably, and and yet the kids were free and safe. It's a wonderful town community you've got there. It was, um, you know, as you said, it was um, it was our hundred and fifty third. We'd um, uh, I wouldn't say accidentally. Missed it, but um, there was a lot of conjecture about when the 150th year was. So, but that was a, just a great, um, great week. And the fact that um, that's what happens in these these country towns is when you have a, a celebration about something like that, the community really gets behind it. And, and as you said, it, it, yeah, this is why we live here. It's um, you know the kids can just run around the streets. We shut the streets off. We have music. Um, there's food stalls. All the local sporting groups. I mean. This is what it's about. It, uh, I always say when I do a speech or anything like that, if there's a, if the community's together, it's the people that make the community, not the community that make the people. So, now I'm glad you um, got to witness that, and uh, yeah, it was it was exciting times back then. 
Yeah, it was more than just witness it, Sean. It was actually feel it. You could you could just yeah. feel the community spirit there, the the fun, the the atmosphere it was wonderful. And these days, you know, when we've got stories of what's going on in in Victoria, especially, but even Sydney, and even Brisbane, and and the restrictions that people have, it must be wonderful to be so free out there. It is. I'll say that. Um one of the good things, and when we do go to the city, if we do for business and um, especially with government, local government, um, just by having to wear that face mask is a, is a major chore. And then that's what you don't realise how lucky we are. And um, But I do realise how lucky we are and I, I believe the people in our town do too. So, yeah, it uh, definitely makes me happy to be living in um, Western Queensland. But even before February last year when the restrictions came in, you know, Charleville was already so free. And that, that's the thing that people love about Charleville and towns like Charleville all throughout Western and Northwestern Queensland is the freedom. People speak their mind. They, they go about their business freely. They interact with each other. I think that's the big word, community and interaction. And there's always support from people there. Everyone, everyone can rally around someone when they need it, right? A hundred percent, and 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 you touched on a, in the introduction about the um, the floods in nineteen ninety, and I always broke up before doing something around that one hundred and fifty third birthday. You know, we we started the first mud army when the nineteen ninety flood. The community just come together. The, the heroics that happened that night. Um, it was thirty um, thirty years ago. Um, not about four or five months ago with that 1990 flood. And as I say, the community, what happened that um, that week and how the town come back together, and like I say, the people are what made that community. And it's just um, – and that's what holds us together. As you touched on, we've had droughts, we've had – you name it, we've had it, but we just keep bouncing, and I'm very proud to say that, um, that's the people involved in this, in our community. Yeah, and, you know, there are probably, what um – a thousand times, three thousand times, no, a thousand times more people in the southeast of Queensland. But the sense of community in western towns like Longreach and Charleville and, and even places not that far from Brisbane like Chinchilla, Roma, is just so wonderful to experience. You can feel it when you're there in the town. It's um, when you go somewhere and there's a community function on, you'll, it, you, you're right, you can feel it. It's, it's just that, um, well, a, a key word that um, a lot of people throw about are resilience. Malcolm and um, yeah, these people have had to deal with any adversity, and um, you know that's why with with COVID, it's um, it has definitely been a challenge. But um, I feel as if um, these regional areas have actually um, they've taken the ball and run with it, and, and really taking you know I think um, that it's really probably helped us in a way, especially with livability and that sort of thing. But that word resilience, these people um, you know they stand the testament of what that word really means. Yeah, I, I can remember attending the, was it the ball? I think it was the ball that was called on, on uh, the Saturday night and Annie Lister, the mayor at the time, yep. Yep. Um, invited me for a dance and there I was dancing with one half of the of the bananas in pyjamas or two bananas, whatever they call it, I can't remember, B2 bananas, you know, the ABC characters. Yeah, they, and it was so B1 funny. and B2. And, and B, that's right, and it was just, everyone was dressed up and, and there was no pretentiousness, there was just people being natural and free. Yeah, 100%. And, and like I say, I went to a ball a couple of weeks ago, the RFDS ball, and um, it was no different to what we're talking about. The one, um, I believe that might have been the Bilby ball, Malcolm. Um, we went to that night with B1 and B2, I think. But yeah, the other the other night, everyone was done up in their finest, black and white. Um, it was um, had to be suit attire, but um, 
well, you didn't. Um, I can honestly say that people probably didn't act it um, like they were in um, a ballroom <laughs> in Sydney or in Brisbane or anything like that. It's just uh, it's just an opportunity to dress up, and like you say, you can either come. This is what happens. You can either dress up as uh, done up as in your finest, your black and white suit, or you can turn up in um, whatever character you want to be in and still have the best time, be treated the same. And still be treated really well. So tell us about yourself before we get on, on to the details about Charleville. Tell us about yourself, professional background. What, what, is, what have you been doing with your life? Um, Malcolm, I'm, um, I'm Charleville born and bred and um, I'm 50 years old. So, mate, I went to school in Charleville and um, I went to grade 11, halfway through grade 11, and it just school wasn't really for me. So I um, said to my mum and at that time, I went home and said, there's too many assignments, Mum, and she said, you need to find yourself a job. So I um, went around and approached the um, the local butcher around the corner and started washing up on Saturday mornings, and um, I still attended school at that stage, and about three months later, he offered me apprenticeship, and um, I'm very happy to say that um, that butcher shop where I started my apprenticeship back in 1987, um, I did my apprenticeship there, and I went to Toowoomba for 10 years as a butcher, and uh, I did a little bit of concreting while I was in Toowoomba. I played a bit of footy in there. And then um, in 1998, my wife and I got the opportunity to buy that butcher shop, so the same one where I started. Um, and we took the opportunity, and I'm safe to say that we've been there ever since, um, 22 years in business. And, um, mate, that's what I've been doing. So um, it's, 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 it's one of those trades that you probably, when you started, it's not one of the highest paid trades, but... Um, it's a very fulfilling one because you do deal with a lot with the um, with the public and um, you know to start with a, a product at the start that's um, pretty raw and what you can turn it into and try and um, like I say the butchers the, the local councillor in town a lot of people come in and a lot of people talk so mate that's my professional um, life so far and um, it's been a very enjoyable one. And, and the key is what you said you know if you want to find out what's going on in town just go to the butcher shop. And, and uh, that's, that's all over Queensland, Western Queensland, Northern Queensland, rural Queensland, regional Queensland. So you've had that interaction and you can tell the way, you know, way you interact in the community is just so natural. People know you're just a part of the community and, and, and they trust you. Um, so you've been in the area all your life, except for, what, 10 years in Toowoomba? 10 years, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But you've also been uh, big on football and you've got a passion for uh, supporting youth and enabling youth to, to um, get on. Yeah, 100%, Malcolm. Um, I take everything that I do in my professional life, whether it's um, at the butcher shop or, or being the mayor of the Merway Shire, um, in the fact that um, it taught me a lot of things that um, if you took a shortcut, that shortcut will find you. And the harder you work, the, the more you'll get out of that um, activity, whatever you're doing. So my passion, um, as I say, I suppose I fell into it. But um, when we had children, when we got back to Charleville, was um, the, you know, I started out and as always you turn up to under sevens and no one wants to coach and they just go well you can coach and so um I did a lot of coaching back I coached probably my son's age group all the way through um for about 13 years and um made like I say I just that just to have that opportunity to shape those younger people with those experiences that we all learn and at the time we don't know that and that's where probably you know you got those people that are mentors to you but you don't really understand what they're trying to tell you so when you do when that when you do hit that wall and you realize well geez this is how things are done in real life and to try and shape that into those younger people and turn them into good people um yeah it's a pretty satisfying thing so yeah i'm pretty happy about that 
Yeah, I, I can tell. Whenever we've talked about that, or you just you just talk about visiting another town with the football team, you know, just the the passion in your voice and and it comes from your heart. So it, I can tell it's really important to you to look after these kids. So why did you want to be mayor? Um, I could give you two sides of the story. Um, <laughs> I can tell you the the first one is that. Um, I'm a pretty driven person and um, I, I, I jumped on council in 2016 and with the opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to possibly um, make a difference and um, have a say, I suppose. And um, like I, I, I'll take it back to my football days, I, had, I worked for a guy in a butcher shop, Rob Payne his name was, and in Toowoomba and he said to me, um, we must, I must have been doing a bit of complaining about the football club and he said, listen, if you're gonna, don't complain about it unless you're prepared to do it. So that was one of the, um, that's one of my um, catch cries that I, I, I use every day. But to be honest, Malcolm, um, I sort of fell into this. So in 2019, um, I had a young guy working for me who'd been with me for 14 years and uh, him and his partner were getting married and they planned to have babies. So he's looking for um, more money and more hours. So I thought, well, if you're going to do that, I'll probably need to think about... Um, it was pretty quiet back then because of the drought and um, the people we'd lost through um, through the government um, regionalisation, taking things back. Um, and, yeah, mate, so... Uh, two th- 2020 in February, uh, with a week to go, I put my hand up and not thinking, I didn't know, realistically know how I'd go, but um, here I am today. And um, like I say, I, I got along really well with Annie Listen, and I still do. She's a very good friend of mine. And, yeah, I like um, her. Yeah, she, she is. And that's why it was a very, very hard decision. Um, but that's the honest one. Um, Bo was working for me at the time, and I thought, well, I need to find myself another job. And um, yeah, I'm very fortunate and very privileged to be sitting in this seat today. Well, full marks to you, mate. You got got a lot of respect for me from just saying that that statement because most politicians would give you, you know, a pile of crap about why you, why they're doing it, and you just said no. I, I needed the money as well, but that wasn't the only decision. So, you know, when people can see it, whenever I first met you, I remember the sincerity and just the sheer. You'd, you'd tell me straight to my face, just like Annie, and I I loved Annie doing that too. You'd talk to Annie. She's more my height, so I could look her in the eye more easily than you. You know, she's pretty <laughs> tall, but anyway. Um, what about the other bodies you're on? You're on the council representative for the Southwest Regional Economic Development, the Southwest Regional Roads. What's G stand for? Government. Government. Yep. S W R R G, S W L G A, Southwest Local Government, Local Association. Government Association. The D D M G, which is the D- District Disaster Management Group. Yep. Management Group. L D M G, Local Disaster Management Group. R A D F. The what's that? Regional R A D F is um, so it's like the arts abbreviations, Malcolm. I hate yeah. acronyms. I hate acronyms. Well, you've handled uh, them pretty well. That's what one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. I tested you there, mate. You got them all except one of them. That's that's pretty damn good. Um, that worries me. You might be getting getting a bureaucrat. Um, but this this highlights, doesn't it? Just how people in in the bush have to take on so many roles, but you don't shun them. You don't. Um, begrudge them you get stuck into it and and people know each other and the interaction is phenomenal isn't it it is and i'll say it's a very pleasing one so some of those um those committees where we've just named um so southwest red um regional economic development and then southwest lga the local government we've actually rolled that into southwest rock so the six shires have really we formed a new sort of group, I suppose, and it's probably the most satisfying one to be on. So that's with the six shires. We have Roma, St George, we have Cunnamulla, Dargaminda, and Groupy and um, Mar- uh, Merway, which is Charleville. Um, they're the ones that um, 
they form our part of southwest Queensland and we're really binding together to um, to really make a difference in advocacy and um, giving this region a bit of clout. I won't say they've never had it before, but I really think it um, it has. But, yeah, in these communities, people just need to um, roll your sleeves up and, and, and um, get on. As I say, you always – if you want you want to give, have a busy job, you give it to a busy person. But these ones are all pretty satisfying in the fact that these are part of the council and part of the mayor's job. So, um it's a big learning curve. I'll say this, and that's part, one of the parts I really like about it. It's a different, um, it's a different mindset. But um, I'll just go back to what you said, mate. There's no chance of making a bureaucrat out of me because uh, <laughs> I swear too much. <laughs> yeah, one of the things I, I learned recently was from a, for a from a mayor in southern Queensland, and he said that um, the key key area, the key problem, is that the federal government has the money, the state government has the power, the statutory power. And the local government has the problems, and you guys have got to fix them. Now, in some ways, that's pretty daunting because the shires you talked about have covered cover a large area with a small population base, small rent, a small rate base. Yeah. But you're all very similar, and I'm guessing. Correct me if I'm wrong. There probably aren't too many party politicians amongst that lot. There may be some who aspire to in the future, but the the, the councils themselves are not run by parties, are they? No, they're not. They're not political positions. Um, as you say, there might be a couple of mayors there, and they do get headhunted. That, uh, or people in councils out this way, they get headhunted for um, state or federal politics if that's what their their um, future future goals are. But no, they're not. And that's and it is a good thing because in in this sort of role, and as you said, we have small population with a large area. Um, we're very apolitical, um, so it's all about. You talk to the people and whoever can help you the most and listen to your problems and take that forward for you um, is, the, is, you know, and that's the best thing about politics in the fact that um, I think there's a lot of people in there that um, really want to listen and really make a difference um, and they're the people that you associate yourself with. Um, I'll, I'll probably, it's hard to say, we are, we are over-governed. There is a lot of, you know, the federal government, as you said, they have the money. State government have the power, and then we we deal with whatever's left under that. But in one way, that's a challenge, and in another way, that's a um, you know that's a what would I say is a uh, a goal or a you know that's that's what we need to strive to is, and that's why these people are so good, Malcolm, in the fact that they're happy to deal with what we got. Um, they don't need all the bells and whistles as long as we're moving forward and um, and just the simple things. They're, they're quite happy, but it is a challenge, I will say that. And it's, um, I don't know how you fix that in the future, but um, happy to take that challenge on and um, try and represent Merway Shire as best we can. Well, that's something that, that we're interested in, in helping you tackle in, in the future because we've got a number of major issues we've got to put to bed, but it's deeply concerning me that um, councils don't get the support they need. And we see, we see initiatives now with the councils, and I've got to call out the... Um, the Northwest Group up there, John Wharton and Co. Up there, you know, they've done a phenomenal job of getting together, being advocates for the whole region. They realise that it's strength in numbers, and uh, because they don't have many numbers and votes in each each shire, do they, Sean? But together, they've got a fair bit of clout. They, Malcolm, and you've just hit the nail on the head. So that's that's Northwest Rock, and then we have yep. Rapid in the middle, and then Southwest Rock. So, and I'll say Southwest has been probably. Um, we've drugged. We're about fifteen years behind those guys. Um, Northwest have been probably we're about twelve years. Rapid have been very active in that space. So to really be recognised 
and to be making for those guys to recognise Southwest Rock and the six shires in it, and not only that, to take take us for the for the ride. Everyone realises that, um, you know, Bob Catter might have said it that he wanted to break the state in half. Well, um, I'll say the re- Western Queensland Alliance of Councils technically, I won't say we're trying to split it open, but what we're doing is we're advocating for that regional area. So those guys, you know, I can't even believe John Morton is a He's a great man. Um, I've got a lot of respect for uh, him and Jack Bowden. All those guys, they're really good to deal with. And, and like I say, Samantha O'Toole and myself, where um, Sam's the chair of Southwest Rock and I'm the deputy chair, um, to learn off those people is, um, you know, it's a, I'll say it's a, it's a, oh, it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's an honour. And um, just to be able to even get, you know, we've got the same opportunity to them as, as them to lead our communities if we can do half as much as what Johnny Wharton's done up there in um, Richmond, well, I'll be very, very happy. Yeah, well said. Um, let's. We've looked at the broader picture now, and and we've talked a little bit about you. Let's look at your your town or the main town, because you're actually a shire. You're mayor for the shire of Merway, but you're looking after Charleville. How many people outside Charleville in Merway? Um, we'd have there. Well, there's um, two hundred and forty in Morven, and we have about. 460 in Augustella and plus all the rural people in between. So, and Charleville has about 3,300 people in it at the moment. We're waiting for the census numbers. As you know, my goal is to uh, lift that census number to 500 over what we had in back in 2016. So, I'm very eager to find out what our figures are. But, um, and now I'll say that Malcolm, with with us as a shire, it is pretty um, to have those two smaller towns and the larger town. You know, those smaller towns need to be looked after just as much as um, as the bigger town of Charleville in the Murway Shire. So that's our biggest challenge is, as we go back to what we talked about with state and federal government before. Um, you know, you've got to have that mindset that we've got to look at, try and look after everyone. But, um, mate, it's a great little community, great little shire, and um, they're all really pulling together and working together. It's, it's little, though, only in population. It's not little in size. You've got a lot of, lot of assets to manage around the area. So um, a few businesses have been sold recently. House prices are healthy, we understand. There's a shortage of homes, though. Is that right? That's right. Um, we've been very fortunate in the last, I'll say, four months, Malcolm, that we've had um, two businesses sell. We've had a guy, uh, investor, come from Condobolin to um, – he's bought our major – um, retail section of Charleville, which is stood vacant for a long time because it was a absentee landlord from the Gold Coast and um, unrealistic rents. Um, but we have had a lot of good luck. But our problem at the moment, Malcolm, we are selling houses. We've got people coming in and um, investing, which is you know, two years ago, I think it was um, one time when we spoke, um, when Pauline and yourself were out, and you know, we're saying you know, we couldn't give a house away. There was no jobs. Our, the only thing we had to sell was lifestyle. Well, Holy dooly, we got COVID on our doorstep, and um, we at the moment we have got empty. Uh, no rentals are available at the moment. There is still some empty homes that are um, for sale, and I'm happy to say that um, I believe there's 12 on the books for um, for Charleville in the next month to be settled. So yeah, that might mean too much if you live in a metropolitan area, but to sell 12 houses a month in Charleville is um, is huge, and. Um, Yes, so we're trying to tackle that housing problem and we, um, Western Queensland Alliance actually released a um, uh, housing study this week and once again we're, we're approaching federal and state um, governments to um, you know, let's, let's get a realistic approach on this because if these country areas are really going to take the step forward 
and we're going to attract people. We're going to need housing to put them in because that's the base thing. If you won't move, if you've got nowhere to live. And and how about uh, Laurie and Donna Heineman? Bakery still there? Yes, they're going. going well. They're going. They're going well. Um, they, their son has taken over. Uh, Malcolm, but um, they are going well. But their biggest problem is once again. So all of a sudden, you know, this is a. It's, it, I'll say it's created a, a storm in the fact that so, you know, without the houses, they've got no staff. You know, um, yeah. you know, COVID's really with the backpackers and that sort of thing. They relied on some of those, and it's really hard to um, to get staff at the moment. It's just um, there's a myriad of problems there that we could probably delve into, and we could blame. This sort of stuff, but any well, any sort of stuff, I suppose. But that's the biggest problem: is that everyone's really struggling for staff, and um, no matter what businesses you're in, but they're still there, mate. They're going well, and um, you know they're 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 well and truly in the fabric of Charleville, and they have been for a long time, and I'd imagine they still would be for a while to come. I remember uh, eating their pies, really good pies, and that uh, we did a video with uh, Laurie and. Um Donna on on electricity prices. Electricity prices are pretty high, and and you've also got some uh, reliability issues. How are they going, mate? Yeah, well, you know, once again, you know, a lot of people have been fortunate enough to delve into that um, for their businesses with the solar. Um, but no, Malcolm, electricity is our biggest is our biggest problem out here in the in the regional areas. If um, you know, if we're going to inv- we're going to entice an investor to come out and do stuff. Uh, you know, we've got to have a realistically a realistic electricity price because if your overheads are too too expensive, I mean, it's cheaper to live here, it's cheaper to do things, but if your if your overheads are um, are what holding you back, and as we all know in business, that's your biggest thing, your overheads, um, it definitely makes it a challenge of where you want to live and where you want to work from. So yeah, it is like you say, it is a challenge. It's not something unique to Charleville, though, because electricity prices are rising everywhere around Australia with these stupid policies we've got in place. Um, you know, it's crazy. We've got the, the world's best coal, and we've got um, electricity prices that are now among the highest in the world when, when our coal is helping China generate the cheapest electricity in the world. You know, we're transporting our coal to, to China thousands of kilometres away, and, and we, we can't sell our own electricity in our country because of all the damn regulations for climate change and renewable subsidies and all the rest of it. So, I mean, you're, you're seeing the, the, the sharp edge of it there. What about the Meatworks? Going well? Malcolm, the Meatworks is going really well. I can say that um, Campbell was lucky enough to um, getting our beer, uh, was fortunate enough to um, partner with the state government to get a BOR, building our regions, um, some funding out with that. And it's a $4.5 million um, injection from the state government. He's got to match that four and a half million. So he's doing an expansion at the moment, which is um, um, going to create 60 more jobs. So he's actually doubling his intake of, he'll be able to freeze um, more product down. So I believe he's going to try and go to about three, 38, 3,900 um, sheep and goats a day uh, and going to employ another 60 people. So very exciting times for Campbell at the meat, at uh, Western Meat Exporters, and he seems to be um, travelling along pretty well. But once again, here we go. We talk about 60 more jobs coming into town, and we haven't got any houses now. So our challenge as a council is to work with Campbell and try and get those investors to come in um, and go, right, this is what we do. And I'm happy to say that it was actually released this week, Malcolm, that um, the ABC did a um, story on the guy that the, the investor from Condoble and Max Jones who, who bought that retail sector. And um, like he said, he, he come into town, Malcolm, with that building 
and it was a challenge. So he come to the council and said, listen, this is some of the problems I'll have. And one of the ones was water rates. Um, he was paying 10 lots of water rates. So we just go, well, that's unrealistic. So we streamlined that for Max. And he said, well, you're the first council to do that I've talked to. So, you know, as a council, that's what we've got to do to try and bring these investors to. So when you do get an investor, that you make it as easy to get into this, um, in this side of things as you can. So otherwise, he's going to turn and run as quick as you can, quick as he can. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember meeting Campbell uh, several years ago and pretty impressed with the operation out there. But also impressed, is Neil uh, Pohl, Glaze, he's still out there, is he, Polly? Yes, mate, he's, um, he's, still, he's still my CEO. Um, Polly's um, he's going really well. We're, we're working, everyone's working really well as a team and he, he's got about, a, Neil's got about 18 months to go before he retires and um, what we're trying to achieve with that is giving the best 18 months that he's had in local government and as you know he's been here for 40 years and mm. um, mate he's uh, he's a wealth of knowledge and um, yeah like I say Malcolm he, he's pretty excited about how this, how things are going in Charleville at the moment with our um, you know, we're a long way from home but we're probably pretty lucky that we've had that bit of investment spent on us. Yeah, I, I remember meeting Neil, and at the time, Annie was the mayor uh, at, the, at the RSL. Everything in Charleville is nice and tidy and fresh, you know. Uh, but even despite that, the thing that still emerges on top is always the people. The people are just so friendly and so cooperative and, and so helpful, but they'll stand their ground. But um, I remember uh, learning that the, the meatworks couldn't get people back then, and they imported people, uh, butchers, from uh, abattoir workers from Vietnam. Yep. And Annie and, and Polly, Neil Poglay, said, no, they settled in really well. They were wonderful members of the community. So, you know, you look at the map and of Queensland, you think, Charleville, way out there. There wouldn't be any Vietnamese there. But, but not only are they there, they're very well integrated and they're well loved in town. Isn't that right? 100%. And um, out of those, at the moment, Campbell would have 165 on the books out there, Malcolm. And I would hazard to say that um, 80 of those would be... Um, Australian dis- descent, and then we, at the moment we have um, Vietnamese, as you said, um, population, but we also have some Pacific Islanders, Samoans are here at the mm-hmm. moment, um, and they've really adapted pretty well. I'm pretty excited about them for um, the rugby league season Football. next year, <laughs> Malcolm. Um, so, but it's just really good in the fact that I mean, when you, isn't that great that um, I'm ha- I'm very happy to say the Vietnamese we they just. Uh, slide into the community they do very well for our churches they're very um religious in that regard and everyone in uh, everyone in Charleville respects that um but you know like without those people here Campbell wouldn't be able to operate at the uh, obviously the the facility at its optimum what it is at the moment so yeah you got to look at that and you go right you've got to embrace this otherwise um if you don't these people aren't going to stay so that's our job yeah, council. yeah I, I just realized we know with 160 total uh workforce um, and half of them are being Australians, the other half are not Australians, but 60 on top, that's about a 40% increase. That's a huge increase. And so oh. that, that's, that's going to put a lot of um, activity back into town, and, and, uh, but it's going to be a challenge to get them there. It, it, it is, Malcolm, and we're working with Campbell to um, try and achieve that goal. So, you know, like I say to people, it's, um, um, when this announcement, um, when we got information from, with Campbell probably back last November about the... Um, that he was successful in that building our regions grant. And, um, you know, for us to get 60 workers probably is the same. I always relate to this. It's probably worth about 2000 on the eastern seaboard. Um, for that, for our town, is a big shot in the arm. So now our challenge is to get those people here and, um, and then also 
to make them welcome to get them to stay because without that meatworks, it's the lifeblood of um, one of the lifebloods of Charleville. Well, not only sixty people coming in that that brings how many as as members of families? What three per family? So you might have another hundred and eighty people, two hundred people. Some families are bigger than that. Some people only on their own on their own. But not only that, then that then that they need more services provided for them. So there's more employment in other businesses in town. Well, it's 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 a, it's a like I say, if you think about what's happened the last few years, Malcolm, and and you've been out here and you've seen a part of it, how we've had this um, decentralisation happening. Um, with our challenges to keep head um, teachers, nurses, things like that. So this opportunity has really given us um, – it's our time now, right? Oh, let's let's prove the point. Let, we need that teacher back that you took away two years ago. We need more doctors. We need more nurses because we've got more people in our town. So if we build it from the bottom up and put the pressure on the government, they nearly got to follow. So – it's definitely been a challenge and it's definitely a lot of advocating going on, but it's exciting times, as I said, like to get 60 jobs back in Charleville and you hit the nail on the head. If we can get 180 people, um, all of a sudden I'm going to get that 500 people and Neil Polaglaze is going to have to buy me a carton of beer, my CEO. <laughs> yeah, I can remember getting very sick in Charleville. I had a, a really um, yeah, big problem with the hernia and, yeah. um, and I went up to the hospital there and one of the nurses, uh, she was only young, but she was from Brisbane. And, you know, Carnival's a lot different from Brisbane. And, and yet she loved it there because she said, it's nothing to go 600 kilometres for a dance on the, we- on the weekend or for a barbecue or for, for a picnic. But you could tell from her voice, she absolutely loved it. She's young, and you'd think most young people want to go to the city. You, mate, she was just loving it in Charleville, the work, the responsibility, and, and, and the, the opportunity she had. Well, it's 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 been really good, Mark, and I'm very happy to say, listen, and like I said, we're apolitical, but um, and we appreciate any help. But we've had some injection from the federal government with that Southern Queensland Rural Health, exactly what you're talking about. Finally, finally, someone in the government is listening. The theory behind that is we have a training centre here, Malcolm, to do certain courses. Um, through the universities that you can with um, with health. So all of us, you know, it's so those people will actually do their. They'll do their training here. We're going to flip it on its head. They're actually going to do their prac in the city, but they're going to come back to the bush. So the theory behind that is, and it's very exciting, it's just, you know, it's not rocket science. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to be a bloody politician, but it's about train them in the bush and there's a chance you're going to keep them in the bush. So our theory was um, with the Southern Queensland Rural Health, Jeff Argus, great guy. He's the CEO of Southern Queensland Rural Health. We thought if we could keep 33% in regional areas, we would... Um, we, you know, 30, oh, sorry, we, we thought at the start if we got 15% to stay, um, we'd be doing well. Well, the first intake of 12, four of those ladies have stayed, three have bought houses, four have got boyfriends. So 33% of your first intake are staying in, in the bush where they trained. And you go, how good is that? Because that's what needs yep. to happen. If we're going to get people to stay in these regional areas, train them here, keep them here, and they'll stay here. Yeah, I, I know. I've been talking to uh, Rick Gurnett's daughter, Lisa, and, and she's been trained in, in uh, one of the East Coast universities, I think. But she's, she's back in Charleville, loves it in Charleville and loves living in a property, but she works in town. So it's the, the thing that keeps coming back with places like Charleville is community, 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 just the interaction of people, the support of people, wonderful environments in which to live. So what, what else is new in, in Charleville? 
Oh, Malcolm, there's been lots happening. Um, we've, um, as I say, it's exciting times up at the um, up at the hospital with the with that training just starting to really kick into gear. Southern Queensland Rural Health. We have a new Southwest Health CEO. Um, his name is Anthony Brown. Now he's uh, him and his wife is Ruth Stewart, who's actually the um, Rural Health Commissioner of Australia. And um, very exciting people in the fact that they, they live in Roma, unfortunately, but they did tell me they would move to Charvel. And, mate, we're working really hard in that space about getting a CT scanner here. Um, mm-hmm. We believe it's probably the more um, sensible place to have it than in um, Roma or Toowoomba because every yeah, we are the hub of the southwest. But um, we have been working along in that space. But, mate, we've got some big news coming up with our tourism at the moment and uh, in the fact that... Um, We've heard along the lines that we could be in for a, a part of that BBRF grant. So that news we haven't received as of yet. But um, So all those um, tourism's been absolutely ballistic this year. Oh, our, fabulous. Our numbers are through the roof, Malcolm, and I just can't thank the people out there. Um, you know, obviously these border shutdowns have ha- probably ac- accelerated that, but the people of southeast Queensland have really taken to travelling to the outback. I mean, I can say that our best... Um, our best month of July on record from 2012 was, um, I think it was 3,800 people had been through the VIC Centre. This year we had 8,400 through July. What? So that's more it, than double. It more than doubled. So more than double your best. That's um, so that just goes to show that um, people are looking to travel, and it's really good about the best thing about that, Malcolm, is you know it, it, there's an opportunity for us that. Once again, you know, you've got to work on your percentages. You've got to be realistic. You're not going to get 100% of those back. But if we can get 30% of those people to come back, there's an opportunity to be sustainable in tourism. But probably the biggest news, and we're still, like I say, you know, I don't want to paint this to be a pretty picture because, as you know, we've struggled for a long time. And I think, um, you know, when you've, hit the, when you've been to the bottom, you sort of probably take it, you wring out whatever goodness you can find. But we have had a little bit of rain. Commodity prices are through the roof. Um, whether it's cattle, sheep, goats, anything like that. Um, so, mate, it just seems to be a little bit of air of expectation that things are going to improve for us out in the bush. And agriculture is our biggest industry, and all we really need is rain. I think we talked about it that day with Pauline, that um, all we need is rain. And when it rains, just leave us alone. Don't tax us. Don't, don't do anything. Just leave us. <laughs> we'll get on to tax in a minute. But I, I can vouch for what you're saying. You know, you, you attend any of the billabongs, any of the uh, town caravan parks, and you listen to the people who are there, they absolutely love it. The thing that gives it all away is they're so relaxed. The, the it's, atmosphere it's a wide there, open the air space is clean, they get brisk, yeah, uh, I, I, I cool love mornings. It. Cool, well, it's a good morning. I, I got a letter from an uh, from, uh, ex-mayor's daughter. Uh, I got an email on Tuesday morning, actually, and um, she was a bit disappointed. I was away for the weekend, so I didn't roll the red carpet out. But what you said before, she just said to me, I can't believe how good Charville looks with the wide open spaces, the streets are tidy. Um, and that's what we're really trying to work on is that first impression. But mate, just to bring the – like, it's the dark skies. I mean, it, you know, you, you won't see skies like this. You know, you look up in your – let's say, and yeah, I know you live in Brisbane at the moment. So, yeah, you look up, you see bloody streetlights. But if you get out here and you sit back – yeah, we had some politicians out a month ago and we took them out the cosmos and we, we lit the fire out on the um, observation deck and we're looking at the stars and we're having a beer and they're saying, holy dooly, how good is this? And I said, thinking to myself, how lucky am I? I do this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night at my place. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, um, but you're right, mate. It's just that relaxed lifestyle. It's the open spaces, and I think that's what people are looking through, looking for through COVID. 
Well, it's not only that, it's the relaxed atmosphere. It's, people feel relaxed and safe when they visit these towns and they enjoy themselves there. They can interact when they want. They can have a cup of tea on their own, looking at the sunset, looking at the big sky. But, you know, you've, you've actually done, in, well, Charleville itself has done so much. You've got the Cosmo Centre. Tell us about that. The Cosmos Centre, so we've um, it's been going really well. We've added a few more telescopes in there. We have um, we have the largest telescope outside of education um, that you can use at the moment in in um, regional Australia. Um, now it's a forty two inch telescope, but um, mate, it's been going gangbusters. The Cosmos Centre, and we, we're just working on a, on the process at the moment with the. Um, now we built the planetarium back two years ago, and um, it's been going really well. But we're just working on the software to do so. You'll see the night sky. So when we have cloudy nights, so we probably lose, um, we could potentially lose about eighty nights a year out of our tourist season because of cloud. So you can't see the stars. And um, so the idea of that is that the show will actually, if it is cloudy, you'll go into that planetarium and you'll, at that same time of night, you will see the stars that are up above you. And it's um, it's a pretty awesome feeling. I know you, I'm pretty sure, I'm not quite sure if you've been through the planetarium, Malcolm, but no, more, than happy to, more than happy to yeah, take yeah. you there when you come out next time because it is um, an awesome experience. So that idea with that is that when it is cloudy, that you, you know, those tourists don't go away do, um, disappointed they just really, you know, they'll get an experience and they'll be happy and you say, well, come back and see the real thing next time you're out here. Most of your cloudy nights would be in the summertime, wouldn't they? Um, it all depends. We have lost a few this year and um, it does, you know, we, we crunch the numbers to try and keep those tourism facilities open. So, um, mate, like I said, yeah, I think we lost about 80 for this year through the tourist season but so most far. Of them would so, be, mate, your, your peak tourist season is in the wintertime, isn't it? It is. So our, our peak tourist season um, goes from usually Easter to the September holidays. But, yep. mate, with COVID, it's really been flipped on its head, oh. Malcolm, in the fact that um, last year we had 49 people go through the um, VIC centre up at the railway station on New Year's Eve. And people from the Gold Coast were travelling out here, Malcolm, and it's, four, you know, I don't want to paint this as a bad picture, but it was 42 degrees and they were still coming out. So, Mate, I think, um, you know, that's going to really open it up for us as a tourist destination now that, you know, we've got to be ready for that because usually we shut all that stuff down for those warmer months. But, yeah, yeah it, it's a challenge. So it's about diversifying and trying to give that, you know, what, what do you come out here for? You come out for the experience. That's what you do. Okay. So if you, you go away and you don't get that experience, um, you know, when you, if you want to come out and you want to really see the night skies through a telescope and you don't get that opportunity, you're going to go away disappointed and they'll say that, oh, you know, but if they come and get the whole lot, and a lot of people do, I, I get a lot of people through the butcher shop and I don't tell them who I am in my um, other professional job, but um, I say that um, I asked them what the experience was like, whether it's the Bilbies or the Cosmos Centre or the World War Two, and they just go, hey, mate, it's really good, and you go, right, oh, well, I'll tell them I'm the man now. I'll, um, I'll tell them let's do the good, sto- good, sto- good story. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but just to put it in perspective, you know, 42 degrees at Charleville is not like 42 degrees in Brisbane because it's dry heat and it, it's nowhere nearly, it doesn't feel anywhere nearly as hot as it does on the coast when it's 42 degrees. No, it doesn't. And, we, and I'll be honest, last year we were very lucky that we only had two days over 40 last year. And you are right, it is a dry heat. I mean, I mean I've been in Brizzy and it's 32 degrees and um, humidity you know, up around that 70, 80% and you're sweating, sweating like anything. So completely different. It's um, pretty sapping, but most of the stuff gets done um, up until about 11 o'clock and then you have a blow for a while and back into about three um, yeah. if it's really hot. But no, it's a completely different heat and good point, yeah. So uh, you've got quite a few attractions there. You've got gate, it's, it's the gateway to Outback Tours. It's also got rail connection with Brisbane. 
So tell us about the future of Charleville. What are the growth areas, the new initiatives? Um, the new initiatives is um, we haven't probably touched on it. Our biggest tourism opportunity I see is obviously I'll mention the Bilbies first because they've been going really well. Council have partnered with um, um, Save the Bilby Fund and because um, you know, they're more about the conservation part of the Bilbies. Where you've got to tell everyone what a Bilby is, just in case some people don't know. A bilby's um, a, a marsupial, but a small—I'll say a small kangaroo—but it's a—it's a little bit um, about the same size as a rabbit. It's a very cuddly little animal. Um, these guys now listen, and this is a, this is the story. I spoke to Kev Bradley, who's the CEO of the Save the Bilby Funds. This is one of the one of the um, one of the. There's only been you know, we've got all these animals that are uh, on extinction, and these guys are actually being brought back from the brink with the Save the Bilby Fund to actually been taking off that extinction extinction list. So, mate, it's uh, it's been great. So their numbers are through the roof. I mean, council just take out what we um, what we what our costs are to run that facility, and then the rest goes to Save the Bilby Fund, and it's been you know their their turnover is up about five hundred percent. So, Gee. mate, it's 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 one of the biggest assets of Charleville. But I, I believe our biggest asset in going into the future and our way forward tourism-wise is that um, secret air base that for the World War Two um, out at the Charleville Airport. And um, yeah, we had three three and a half thousand American servicemen here in the nineteen forties in the Second World War. It was called the Brisbane Line. It was straight we're straight across the. Um, Longitude of um, latitude of um, of Brisbane, and we were the we were the last line to stop the Japanese from coming. And mate, that history was only lifted about fourteen years ago. And we, as a council, we've really tapped into it. And as I say to people, you know, like um, you can see bilbies in Alice Springs now, and you can even see the night skies, dark sky, but they can't take off us um, the secret air base. And we're really keen to um, evolve that. And um, I see that as our future in far as tourism goes in the next ten to twenty years. Plus maintaining all, all the assets you've got, which are really very popular and well-known throughout the outback and throughout the city from people who've come and come back from the outback after their visits. You've got the Royal Flying Doctor uh, Services Air Base, major air base for the RFDS. You've also got the School of Distance Education. Um, any other new initiatives? Um yeah, well, like at the moment, mate, we're just sort of whacking along those lines of, like, say, in this in these uncertain times, Malcolm. I, I try and tell our people and our, and our councillors are all on board. We sort of say, be happy with what we got. Um, as far as council goes, we're just trying to build our workforce to keep that community sustainable. Um, but yeah, mate, it's um, like you say, you've rattled it off. We've got the RFDS base, which is here, which is going to be a huge asset to us when we are going to try and um, where we, you know, realistically, we want to. In the future, we probably need a new hospital here in Charleville, but that CT scanner, but that RFDS, without those guys, there'd be a lot of people in a lot more trouble than what they are. But as far as new initiatives, we're really just working along the ways with Campbell at the Western Meat Exporters, just trying to build on that base and really just trying to keep our communities, um, the three of those, um, very um, vibrant. I, I can say that we received a grant through NBN, Malcolm, that um, I can tell the listeners that um, Augathella and Morvan are going to have NBN fibre to the premise um, which will be in about 18 months' time at the max. So you'll be able to live in Augustella or Morvan and have the same connectivity that you were, you're experiencing in Brisbane right now. So well, you can- Don't say that, Sean. Don't say that. I'll tell you why. We're doing this recording through uh, hotspotting off my mobile phone because the, the damn Wi-Fi within this Commonwealth Parliamentary Offices building in Brisbane is next to nothing. It's just hopeless. 
Well, so. that's what I say, Malcolm. <laughs> as I, if I can say to any any person out there, and I say this to any politician that I can get my um, ears and mouth to the talk about is, you know, how about moving a uh, department back out here? How about doing yes. that and bringing those departments back? And because that's really what's happened to us. Um, in the last 10 years or so, when that decentralisation, we did lose, we lost 82 government jobs out of Charleville in 2014 through um, good management or bad bad management. I'm not quite sure. I could probably see what they were trying to do. But, mate, realistically, you know, like I say, that's where we're trying to build our community, that build the base, and you can run a business from anywhere in Queensland or anywhere in Australia now. We found out out through COVID, and we want to try and be on the on the forefront of that to be um, put ourselves in the in the limelight to be one of the first places to do that. So, but Augustella and Morven, as I said, two hundred and eighty and four twenty have fibre to the premise. That's going to be better than Charvel. So that's causing a bit of conjecture here. I can tell you, in my side. So that was one of the things that uh, I hadn't thought about. Of course, communication is really important. Um, so I made a list of things that are needed out there. Electricity, reliable and, and far, far cheaper. But that, that's something that's, that's um, uh, hurting the whole state at the moment. Property rights is another thing. Um, the destruction of um, farms um, yes. through stealing of property rights, the destruction of farms through this carbon farming nonsense where farms are let fallow and that means... Um, Pests and noxious weeds run rampant, which adds cost to the to the neighbouring farms who are trying to make a go of it. Uh, something to do with water, the Bradfield scheme, maybe getting more water down there, um, and something to do with common sense land use and removing the restrictions that government has imposed on on the major producers in your area, which are agricultural. Yeah, and like you, you touched on it, one of our biggest issues we have is Southwest Rock, and we're just about to really tackle it with the federal government is um, that carbon farming. I mean. And this is a pretty touchy subject because, you know, like, um, you know, we, we, we're not against what we're trying to achieve um, with that Paris Agreement. But um, I'll just let the listeners know that nationally, southwest Queensland, that southwest rock area, carry 33% of the carbon credits for Australia. And for Queensland, we carry 87% in, um, in southwest Queensland. So that's the six shires we named just before. So what we're sort of saying is, if that's happening, we're losing people off properties. We're losing people out of schools. So you think about what you said before. Um, these guys, as you said, you, you named a couple of guys, Rick Gurnett, um, Dan McDonald. I mean, these guys are very smart men. So let them farm. Let them do what they need to do. Great that, you know, we're not disputing that these carbon credits are there. What we're sort of saying is if, if don't let them lock up their whole land. Let them be farmers. And this is what's happening. Um, can't blame them because, you know, we've just been through and we're still going through one of the best droughts we've ever seen. And if you can say best, it's probably the worst drought, I should say. So, you know, and you can't blame these people because this, this scheme has given them a revenue source. But you've got to be realistic. Where are we going to be in 30 years' time? Where are we going to be in 50 years' time if... Um, you know, these, these properties are locked up. What happens when we take them back over and who's going to manage them? It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's exactly crazy. Now, you said you've got no fight with the Paris Agreement. I have. I, okay. I think it's abhorrent. But anyway, we won't go there now. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that it is crazy. It is, it is nuts. So also tax reform. But tax reform is an issue that needs to go right across the country, but um, we could talk about that in detail maybe next time. But tax reform is another thing that would help the bush enormously um, because the bush does – the bush, the northwest and the west pay a hell of a lot in terms – they, they earn so much uh, through their productivity that's essential productivity, food, minerals, and, and yet they're, they're very they, – they contribute 
far more than the proportion of population in this state, and you don't get a fair shake. 100%, and that's what our biggest argument in, uh, you know, one of our arguments we want to have with Western Queensland Alliance of Councils is the FAGS grant. I mean, you know, we're trying to get that just Tell shifted what a little. That, what that stands for again, federal? Financial assistance grants. So that's, um, you know, how that works is on population, uh, how many people you have in there, and also, um, you know, obviously if you live in a regional area, you do get a little bit more than what they do in the metropolitan areas, but you can imagine what, um, I'll say the Sunshine Coast, what, what their FAGS grant would be. I mean, we've talked about this. Their parking metre fines in that metropolitan area are more than our FAGS grants. And just to let the listeners know, so the Shire of Merway, our budget's $30 million per year. Our rate base is about five and a half. So... Here we are, we talk about welfare. If we didn't have that FAGS grant and government assistance, we wouldn't be here. And they keep saying about sustainability, Malcolm, and you just go, just let us be, let us let us use our GDP, let us keep that money. And we'll go back to tax. You know, let's face it, if you're a young doctor, um, just graduated, and you had the opportunity to work in Royal Brisbane, which is around the corner from you, or the opportunity to go to Charleville, let's use Charleville, now, if you had offered a tax break to go to Charleville, you'd go in a heartbeat. If you got that 2% break or even 3% break, and I know that's probably unrealistic, but if you had that incentive to go to say you're going to save yourself money if you go to these regional areas, they're going to jump at it. Um, so we're asking for that regional... We've been pushing along that lines. Let's, if you live in a regional area, how about you get a bigger tax break? Um, is that fair? Not quite sure. As I said, I'm apolitical, but... Um, Love to come up well, with these well, mad well, ideas. I, th- I, th- I think there is a very important thing that people are missing. Con- the Australian as a country wouldn't be as strong without these regional areas. When you open up the inland, you open up the whole country. And that's so important for, for our whole country. And, you know, people come out and they, they, visit your, they use your roads to visit, visit uh, Charleville and the area. And then they go back home again. They've used your roads. Now, how many kilometres of roads have you got in, in Merway Shire? We've got about 44,000 kilometres. So, 44,000. Um, so that's, that's sealed and unsealed. So, um, yeah, that's, and, that's and, all our road network. That's all our country roads, our, um, you know, through properties and things like that. So it is a challenge, I'm telling you right here, right yeah, now. Yeah, and that's, what, that's my point. People from outside the area are using that in huge numbers, and they don't have to pay for it. So someone does, and it's your ratepayers who are paying for those roads, as well as some federal grants. So, so there is a, what I'm trying to say is there is a need for looking after the bush better than it's being looked, be, looked after, because the bush provides so much revenue to the state and to the federal coffers, and, and, and it needs to keep the country secure. Australia would die if we just had people living on the coast, and that's it. I'll, I'll say this, Malcolm, that just look at what we talked about just before, and as I said, we've still got a fair way to go to get out of this, um, this problem we've had with the drought, but... Look what the commodity prices at the moment. The bush is kicking. Um, that's given those guys a, a, you know, like I said, cattle are at five dollars a kilo at the moment, which is, you know, it's double what they were five years ago. So for that farmer that's been able to hang on and keep his herd, he's he can see the opportunity in front of him. Now look how that, and what I, what I mean by that is they bounce so quick. Now I, I'm interested to see. Now I've been to Brisbane and that, and I see all those empty shops. How long is it going to take to fix that? That's why I say it comes back to the people, how we bounce and how we, you know, take that opportunity. So if we're to cut the bush off, if you if you keep choking it and you, and cutting the um, bloodstream, they're the ones that are going to hold us together, 100%. We need to work together on this because 
South South I'll just say Queensland because we're pretty biased. South East Queensland and Western Queensland need to work together to um because hand in hand this is how this state's gonna get back on its feet after we get through this COVID crisis we're having right now. I'm gonna to refer to that later. That's something really important you've you've just raised. Um, so I'm gonna ask you two last questions. I wanna put your I want you to put your mayor's hat on now. What makes Charleville a great place to live and Merway a great place to live? Malcolm, it's funny. We sat through a council meeting probably three years ago. Annie was mayor, and we sat here about how do we bring people back um, to, to to Charville, to Merway. And honestly, we had no jobs, couldn't sell, couldn't give away a house. Um, all we had was our lifestyle. And now, all of a sudden, that's at the top of the tree. And I see a lot of mates when I go away, and they say, how do you live in Charville? And I said, listen, if I lived in Brisbane and do what I do here... I would need a multi-million dollar job. I'd need money to use. I'd need, I'd need more money than the king to live because my lifestyle, Malcolm, is I – and now I'm pretty simple. I, I leave work – I leave home at 5 to 6. I'm at work at 6. Um, I get straight into it, and I really enjoy my work. I really enjoy my people. And I'll say it's the lifestyle and community which make this place the best place in um, southwest Queensland and even – I'll say Queensland. I'll say Australia, well, I think I think I know what your answer to the next question is going to be. Last question: Take off your mayor's hat. What does Sean Radnage think makes Charleville a great place to live? Oh, I think we've already answered that, Malcolm. But yeah. it's it's the people. I, I really, um, yeah, like I said, it's um, if you had said to me, and I've sent some photos, Malcolm, to my principals all the way through school, and I'm one of those kids that were um, I wasn't made for school, and it's a really learning curve doing what I'm doing. But, uh, mate. I just you can do anything if you set your mind to it. So it's all about you know, trying to make this place the best place it can be for our kids to grow up and um, experience what we are. How lucky are we? Yeah, that, that word I used it a lot in the start because it just came naturally, and I'm and I'm hearing you use it now a lot. Community. So in, in signing off, I'm just going to re- remind people of a few words that have cropped up in our conversation. Sean introduced the term resilience. That is so true about the people of Charleville. Sean also raised the term listen, and it is so rare to hear that from a politician. And Sean also mentioned something that we could do a lot with in in the so-called national response to the COVID. We've seen very little teamwork between the states, even within the states, and certainly with the federal government. And yet that's what Sean and the other mayors in the southwest and the west are doing. They're working as a team and they're helping each other. They realise that the neighbouring shire will be stronger if they make their shire stronger. And they realise that if they help make the neighbouring shire stronger, their shire will be stronger. The outback community is something that's really, really, we've talked a lot about. And what I, what I raised and Sean confirmed, the interactions with people. People are alive out here. The, the children are happy. The families are happy. You go to that uh, the 150th celebration um, and, and just, just the mood you could pick up standing in the, on the, the balcony at Caroni's Hotel and looking out over the town and just listening to the happy kids, the clean air, the big skies, big blue skies, early sunrises, crisp, clear air, dark skies at night, wonderful people, very helpful, supportive people. So I want to say thank you to Sean and I want Sean to... If you just take a request to say hi to Annie Lister for me, because uh, I remember her. Congratulations to what you're doing and carrying on that work. She and Pauline got together to try and get more of the education done in town, so that you wouldn't lose your head hairdressers and when they're apprentices and so on. Wonderful work. Please say hi to her and to Polly, 
And thank you to all our listeners for joining me, Senator Malcolm Roberts, on Our Nation Today.